Well, before we get to the sermon, I wanted to make a note of the first reading for this day of, of the uh, reading from Nehemiah. As far as I know, it's the only book written in the Bible by a politician, and we should point that out. And secondly, if you ever think my sermons get too long, think again. <laughs> if you were listening, the sermon and the reading lasted for six hours, and they were standing up, which does point out the people that, you know, fall asleep, just so you know that. So the sermon this morning is really a combination of just the beginning, the, the reading that, that Jesus gives to the folks that knew him in his synagogue of Nazareth. He comes home. He has started his ministry. Uh, he has been at work, and his claim to fame had been growing throughout the region. He returns home, and as it was his pattern, as it says, he's invited to read and to bring the sermon. So they have the, the scroll of Isaiah. He turns to 61, the 61st chapter, and he reads the passage that you heard me read. And as I listen to Jesus do that, first of all, I think this is his mission statement. It's very clear this is what's happened to him and this is what he is here about. He has already been anointed, and he has been blessed, and he has come to what? Release the captive, sight to the blind, release those who are in prison, and then to announce the year of the Lord's favor. It was known as the year of Jubilee. Every 50 years in, in the life of Israel, every 50 years, slaves were supposed to be set free, Land was supposed to revert back to the original owner. Debts were supposed to be forgiven. And as far as we can find out, as we have studied history, it had never happened for all kinds of reasons, right? But that was the goal. But Jesus is very clear that that is what he is there for. And he concludes with that piece. I'm here to announce the year of our Lord's favor. Well, what's favor sound like? Favorite, right? It's a pretty short walk to favorite from favor. And guess what? Even from the very beginning of the church, people thought they were the favorite. In fact, that's why we have the second reading for, from today. Paul's letter to a church that is, well, having some issues. Being the favorite is kind of fun, isn't it? I mean, I grew up in a family where I'm the oldest. I have two brothers and a sister, all of whom are younger. I'm the tallest, by far the best looking. Very, I mean, obviously. And as we were growing after our youngest, sibling was born, Cindy, we began playing a game of who was mother's favorite. And we worked at it pretty doggone hard. And even when we became adults and mom had gotten older, we, when, when we gathered together, that was a pretty strong activity amongst us. Well, then 13 years ago, my mom was in Florida with dad and she fell, broke her hip. They did not have travel insurance. I was a pilot and my dad called and said, 
could you come and get us? Can you fly down here and pick us up and fly us home? Well, I had an airplane that I partially owned with a dear friend of mine, and I thought it would work. But I needed help from Avera. They loaned me a medical gurney. I needed help from the mechanic because we had to take seats out and put the gurney in. Dad had to find a mattress that mom could be comfortable on for the five-hour flight back. On the day that it finally arrived, when, we got, when I got down into Florida, down to the panhandle, the weather was terrible. Thunderstorms all over the place. Every airport was down to minimums. But I had an ATC, air traffic control guy, that finally asked, why did I need to get down there? And I told him about my mom. <clears throat> and he said, well, if you don't mind, I think I can get you in. But you can't go to where you need to go right now because they've got a 60,000-foot thunderstorm over St. Petersburg. So he directed me, made up an approach, got me to land at Lakeland, and I arrived, called my dad, and found out that he could not get from St. Pete's Hospital over to Lakeland with mother. I had to get there. Well, there were two old guys sitting there listening to my side of the conversation, and they said, well, son, you got to get to St. Pete's? I said, yes, I do. They said, well, if you wait till 10.30, the thunderstorm will move back into the Gulf of Mexico, and you can fly right over there. And I said, well, do I have to file? And they said, no, you can take the Walmart, Barnes & Noble approach. I said, you've got to be kidding. He said, nope. Take the west runway, fly straight west until you hit Walmart, take a left, fly straight south until you hit Barnes & Noble, take a right, fly right across the bay, St. Peter's, Airport will be right there. And they were exactly right. I mean, I could see the thunderstorm back out over the Gulf. And there was the runway, landed, got to the hospital. So, the middle of the night, the weather's terrible. But there's going to be a little break at about five in the morning. So we move my mother, the EMTs break all their rules because they pick my mom up and put her through the window into the airplane. And we get her secured. We take off in the dark, in the rain. Thunderstorms all around, and again, ATC, love them. They get me safely out of St. Petersburg and up the West Coast, and we watch a sunrise like no other. Sun burning up through the clouds, Absolutely gorgeous. Mom reaches over, pats the back of my hand, and she goes, Today, you're my favorite. <laughs> well, after she got healed up, I could finally share what it meant to be her favorite because there was a whole pile of people to make all that happen. And if I had actually thought I was her favorite, like for real, how would that have affected the relationship with my siblings? In Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, they're struggling with people who are thinking they're the favorite. For one reason or another, they have come to the conclusion that Jesus loves them the most. And you, of course, never heard that in the church today, right? We do it all the time. We still continue to do it. 
constantly. I have never been in a church where that was not one of the issues. That there were groups within the church or individuals within the church who thought they were the favorite. They were the most blessed. And Paul is saying no. Everyone has gifts in this community. And one gift is not more important than another. He uses a, a beautiful imagery of the body, right? I mean, if the eye just said, well, I'm the most important, I don't need to listen to any of you. Well, what does the feet have to say about that? You're stuck right where you're at, how's that? Or if one hand says, well, I'm the most important, I do all the hard work around here. Well, then what about the hearing? You see, in the church, there's always the danger, always the danger that one group or another or one individual or a number will think that they're the favorite, they're the most important, they should get their way just because. And I wish that were true, because clearly I should be the favorite. I went to Sunday school every Sunday, I had a perfect attendance record. I was an acolyte from the age of 12, always got the candles lit perfectly. Went to vacation Bible school, went to Bible camp, attended church, even in college, twice or three times maybe, but I went to church. <laughs> went to seminary, have served the church faithfully, got elected bishop. Can you believe it? I've been to Africa to do mission work, Nicaragua to do mission work, help build hospitals, all kinds of stuff. Holy mackerel people, if there should be a favorite around here, it should be me. But the part I've known is I didn't get here by myself. I've had teachers, I've had preachers. People have been whispering in my ear the good news of Jesus Christ throughout my life. And the one thing I know for sure is that I am not the favorite. When groups or individuals believe that they're the most important, it does not help the ministry of Jesus Christ because ultimately and centrally, Jesus is the center of the church. This is not your church and you are not the favorite, nor am I. But we, we are the favorite. We're the ones who have had our sins forgiven. We are the ones who have been told throughout our life that death doesn't get the last word, that life in Jesus Christ does. We are the favorite, and we do the ministry that we're invited into. And here at First Lutheran, you are deep in, your, in the shared ministry of Jesus Christ. And what do we do here? We announce freedom for the captive, sight to the blind, the year of Jubilee. You are the people of God. God's blessings on your ministry. Amen.